Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops with you Wednesday afternoon. Glad to have you along per usual. And because it's Wednesday, it's ABC 10 Wednesday. John Michael Hoefling in studio with me. What's going on, Mike? Not much. Tanner, always good to be back here. Always good to see you, man. You still sore from Sunday? Uh, yeah, I've been working out a little bit too, so you know, <laughs> that, that too. But yes, it's still very sore. I tweaked my knee on the treadmill yesterday morning, so I came here and I'm just like, is this going to be like this all day? Because my <laughs> knee was just killing me for a long time. But I tell you what, if you missed this, the Marquette media, a large majority of us, had a flag football game Sunday, and Mike and I's team dominated. Yeah, we won. Uh, we walked off the game when I scooped up a fumble and returned it, high-stepped into the end zone, and pulled both hamstrings. On Not only that, but it was a fourth and one. Mm-hmm. So they would have continued their drive had Tanner not recovered how about that so yeah <laughs> we even ran a philly special we ran a philly special we ran a double reverse all in all just good times were had by all we could break down that game but we're going to do games that you care about that you <laughs> yeah. want to hear about including the nba the world series we're going to do our picks what have you plus could one of the elite quarterbacks of our generation be on the move there's some audio that might make you think so we're going to talk about that over the course of next hour but let's start with pick'em I tell you what, Mike, we had some controversy this week, and that's why I was hoping Tyree would be here. Tyree Smith, by the way, is unable to be here with other obligations with ABC10. You know, his job, he can't make time. Uh, but I tell you what, Tyree texts me Sunday night after the Cowboys have a 14 nothing lead. He told me earlier in the day, I told you because I was with you when he yeah. sent me that message saying he picked Philadelphia. He texts me when the Cowboys have a 14 nothing lead, I tried to pick Dallas. I tried to change my, my pick to Dallas, but the message didn't send. And I'm like, I might have to leave this up to a vote to the panel. Do we believe Tyree in this sense? Um, so I believe Tyree because he and I were on the same page where it's if we knew Amari Cooper was playing. Like I wasn't able to change my pick. But remember what I said. You can go back to the tape and check mm-hmm. this if you want. But I said if Amari Cooper's playing... The Cowboys will win that game, mm-hmm. and Amari Cooper was playing. That oh, I being forgot s- to give you credit for that. No, but that being said, I my official pick was Philadelphia. But you're right, you did say that if Amari Cooper was playing. I forgot about that, and I didn't give you credit for it, so I just updated the standings, so now you're above 500 again. Oh, uh, Welcome well, to the above 500 club, I mean, club, you didn't Mike. have to do that. Uh, was I the only person not in the above 500 club? Yes. Okay, So well. now you and Tyree are both 18 and 17, depending oh, on what we rule regarding Tyree and his pick change. That's that's fair. That's fair. I I, I believe him, man. I believe him. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll give him credit for now. For, for now. now, and that would tie him with Jake Durant at nineteen and sixteen. I had a five and zero week this week. I was pretty proud of it. So I moved to twenty four and eleven, and Ryan Steig is twenty one and fourteen. So here are the games that we are picking this week, and it begins tomorrow night when Minnesota welcomes Washington. Adrian Peterson returns to Minneapolis. Adam Thielen likely isn't going to play, and Kirk Cousins. Coming off two MVP caliber weeks, will he do it again? I've got Minnesota in this one. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Minnesota's the team. Kirk, when Kirk Cousins is hot, he's really, really, really hot. Even without Adam Thielen, we, he showed last week with uh, with Darius Slay covering Stephon Diggs. He still has great targets. Even Kyle Rudolph got involved, which doesn't happen. And now, Red not Diggs. even mentioning Detroit, but yeah, <laughs> I was thinking Detroit got rid of Quandre Diggs, but that was last week. So, yeah. I tell you what. Uh, this one did not require a lot of thought on my part. It's just Minnesota to win, especially at home yeah. against Washington. Yeah, <laughs> It didn't take a lot uh time for me to think about <laughs> not much. it. We've got the Chargers at the Bears in a game that was really tough to pick because which of these reeling squads do you trust more? I don't trust either of them. I don't either. Like, I didn't... Do you think it's the loss of Derwin James that's, ha- that's halting the Chargers? It. What do you think is halting the Chargers? They're just dysfunctional right now. What Melvin about Gordon's them, holdout, I think, started it. But uh, Austin Eckler was legit. He was Pro Bowl caliber. Well, he was good. He was pretty good. But I think there's a lot of locker room incohesiveness that stems from Melvin Gordon's holdout. And Anthony Lynn had a really good year last year as a head coach. It was only his second year as a head coach. I don't think he has the the skill set yet, maybe the knowledge, the experience to be able to deal with something like this yet, to deal with a sinking ship like this. Not yet. I, is it really a sinking ship, though? They're two and five. Yeah, they had Super Bowl I, aspirations. I know, I know that's bad, but I mean, it's still you got the talent, you got the squad. It's just figuring out what the issue is right now, and I can't really tell because watching 
Watching these games, like, yeah, Phillip Rivers isn't as sharp as he was last year, but still, even with that, that's not a team that goes from, what were they, 12-4 and 4 last year? Mm-hmm. That's not a team that goes from 12-4 and 4 to 2-5. and 5. It shouldn't be. They're going to finish behind Oakland this year. That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> On every single level, they are better than Oakland in terms of talent. They should be. But I tell you what, they're at Soldier Field. The Bears still have that defense as bad as their offense is. I'm going to go with Chicago in this one. Yeah, uh, I'd probably go with... Nah. This is a toughie. They're both no. really bad. It's at it's at Soldier Field, right? Yep. You know what? Hmm. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Okay. Because I think Austin Eckler is finally getting more recognition. I think they'll continue to limit Melvin Gordon, and maybe you try to use him as a trade chip. Mm-hmm. And if Austin Eckler is good, then they're good. I still think they need to trade Melvin Gordon. I still think the Chiefs should be a team that makes an offer for Melvin Gordon. Well, okay. I mean, I, really I, I, I could see that, but he'd be one of their six running backs. <laughs> he'd be the best one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Who else do we have on here? We've got, oh, this will be a fun one, Carolina at San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I thought about you when this one came up because you got McCaffrey on one side. Um, is he your favorite player? I thought he, he was. He is my I mean, Stanford grad. Right. And everybody knows that I'm a Stanford, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a Stanford fan. He's one of my favorite players. I'm I'm considering because I saw you in your jerseys last week, and I was like, man, I want to buy a jersey. You gotta. So I was thinking, I was like, do I, do I buy a San Francisco jersey? I was like, who would I even get? Bosa, Buckner. I'm not Kittle. a big Kittle. Yeah, yeah. We 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 decided that Kittle would probably be the best one. Mm-hmm. Garoppolo. I was like, no, nah, I'm not sold on him yet though. Um, but yeah, McCaffrey might be one that I'm, con- uh, be I'm considering. One. Yeah. Do you like the Black Panther jerseys or the tealish look? Oh no, ones? the tealish. Come Those on, the I'm, I'm from San. Well, I'm from San Jose. The Sharks, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a sucker for teal. Well, you know, maybe that's not teal. Maybe like Carolina blue is probably a better term for it. Yeah, probably. But I tell you what, McCaffrey and the Panthers go on the road to take on San Francisco. I tell you what, I'm going against the grain here because you've got an undefeated quarterback with Kyle Allen. And maybe the best running back in football right now. I'd say that Chris McCaffrey probably is. Maybe. I think he is. Okay. Going up against an undefeated team that has won by the skin of their teeth. They've won ugly this year. Something's oh, got to okay. go. Hold they up. Did. Not they beat Washington 9 nothing. In terrible year. conditions. Let me granted. Add. Granted. But they, their win against Los Angeles, the Rams, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a really good win. They have had good wins. I'm not saying that. But they've won ugly way too many times. I think this is the weekend that finally bites him. I'm going Carolina to beat San Francisco this weekend. You know what? I said that this was the one week that I think is going to make or break them, right? Mm-hmm. And in terms of absolute matchup, the Niners should take this one. Mm-hmm. Their front seven is just way too good. If they can restrict McCaffrey at all, I doubt Kyle Allen. I mean, Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore are not going to be able to beat Tarverius Moore and Richard Sherman. Mm-hmm. So it's just about containing McCaffrey. So... <laughs> I think the 49ers can they do that? Yeah, I think the 49ers just match up too well. Their yeah. linebackers have way too good uh, horizontal speed. They'll be able to track McCaffrey out of the backfield. If they try to run up the middle, he's going to be met by two of the best defensive tackles in the NFL. And then that pass rush is just pretty insane too. So, I think they match up really well with Carolina. I think this is going to be a very tough game. I I'm taking San Francisco. I got to ask you while you're here, how do you say the defensive coordinator's last name? Is it Robert Sala? Sala. 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 Okay, everyone's going to know his name next year when he's an NFL head coach <laughs> yep. somewhere else. And everyone around here does know that name because obviously played at Northern. Yeah. Played at Northern as a tight end back in the day. But I tell you what, he's doing awesome things over there in he's San Fran. He will be a head coach somewhere next year. Yeah. Sunday night football, we've got Green Bay at Kansas City. What should have been Rodgers against Mahomes, which I'm yeah, and now that it's not Rodgers, and now that it's not Rogers versus Mahomes, seems like a very easy pick. It's an easy pick. Green, Green Bay. Bay, Green Bay, Green Bay to win this one on the road, and then Monday night football. How about this? <laughs> this ball of joy, Miami at Pittsburgh. Mm, Real Pittsburgh. fun one there. Yep, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's such a bad game. James Conner's going to go off. Think so? Yeah. All right. They're All right. Gonna, I mean, Jalen Samuels is still hurt, right? Mm-hmm. Which mean, and they're not going to run. I don't even know who their third string running back is. <laughs> they're not going to run him. And keep in mind, they have a they have their third string quarterback in too, so they're not going to pass that often. Mm-hmm. It, it's literally going to be carries, 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 carries. I can't handle it. My heart rate literally can't handle it that I'm looking forward to Monday Night Football with the winless Miami Dolphins against a third-string quarterback. I don't think my heart can handle it. Just the excitement, the anticipation waiting for Monday night. 
It's it's a really, really, really enticing one. I can't wait. Yeah. I hope you guys could hear the air quotes over that. I tell you what, before we hit the break and while we're on the subject of the NFL, trades are starting to fly around. I mean, the Niners got another weapon. They got Emmanuel Sanders coming over from Denver. I think he's going to do pretty well in that system. Emmanuel Sanders is the perfect fit for San Francisco, Yeah, I think. Yeah. I mean, look at their... I mean, all of a sudden, their receiving core went from really, really, really bad to all of a sudden looking not too not too not shabby, bad, not no. too shabby. Sanders, Goodwin, Pettis, like... I was talking with Tyree yesterday, not here right now, but mm-hmm. I was talking with Tyree and we were talking about um, Richie James Jr. And Tyree said, I'd love it if the Saints grabbed him. The Saints traded for him. And I was like, why? <laughs> He's wide receiver five now on the 49ers. Wide receiver five. And that's, that's depth, man. That mm-hmm. is a young core at wide receiver with Emmanuel Sanders leading the way. So, yeah, in a couple of years, that's going to be a really good core for wide, for wide receiver talent. So I, I'm really liking it thus far. I, I, I tell you what, that was the right move. Good uh-huh. work, John Lynch. Yeah. Going out and getting a He did Sanders. something. He did something right. Yeah, I, I know. T- I tell you what, uh, the Lions have had a, not a productive, a busy last 24 hours or so. on Johnson goes on the IR, had knee surgery yesterday, and they send Quandre Diggs to Seattle. Are they waving the white flag? Are the Lions giving up? They always do this at some point, right? I mean, it's like it's becoming like a Detroit sports thing, I'm right? I'm surprised, though, they're doing it now. I mean, the division is still up for grabs. I know Minnesota and Green Bay are surging. Chicago's not doing a whole lot. You're still not far out of the chase. I mean, even for a wild card. No, they're not. And they've actually been, like we've seen, they've been really, really, really good. If it wasn't for a couple bad calls against Kansas City and a couple bad calls against Green Bay, they might be... What would they be four one and one? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're losing that game to Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota was the superior team that week, but right. they might be four one and one if they didn't blow a lead against Arizona. All of a sudden, they're five and one. And if maybe if Philadelphia didn't drop seven balls, they'd be fi- they'd be four and two. But still, it's been a really good season for them, and for them to just give up at this point, get rid of their defensive back captain. They got rid of their captain. <laughs> That's ugh. Uh, I I don't like I don't like that move at all. No. Darius Slay went on Twitter, showed his disapproval. Mm-hmm. Snacks Harrison was mad about it. It's it's just not a good move by anybody. I tell you what, Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take our first time out. When we come back, is one of the greatest quarterbacks of this decade on the move. He might be. We'll talk about it next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. Could one of the all time greats in the game be on the move? Could he be leaving the franchise that he has turned into a dynasty? I'm talking Tom Brady right here. Mike you're talking crazy. Yeah, I, That's I, what you're it talking. It sounds like that. It sounds like that. I'll give you that. But I've got some audio that I'm going to play for you that makes a compelling case. Could Tom Brady be on his way out of New England and finish his career somewhere else? First of all, I don't know why you would. I mean, you've got it made with your head coach, your front office there. You've got everything. And a not only that, you've become the most despised player in professional <laughs> sports. If you went anywhere else, I'm sorry, but that's going to follow you. You will forever be known as Tom Brady, New England Patriot. Well, the thing is, you don't want to turn your back on Boston. That's a city you don't want to turn your back on. Mm-hmm. Just how vicious those fans are. Yeah. And I am a Celtics fan. Look what ha- look what happened to Babe Ruth. <laughs> look what's going to happen to Kyrie Irving. Yep. I tell you what, Jacoby Ellsbury, kind of. Yeah, if he was better, bit. then it would have been. <laughs> yeah, it would have been. That would have been a serious problem, right? But I tell you what, Adam Schefter on Countdown to Kickoff Monday night before the Patriots annihilated the Jets talked about some reasons that Tom Brady could be leaving New England. He made a case for why Tom Brady could be leaving New England. Here's the audio from that night. Again, let's just boil this down to the basic facts once again. When we talk about Tom and his future, let's look at some simple things. Has he put his home for sale? Has he put his home for sale? Yes. Has his trainer put his home for sale? Yes. Has he set up his contract to void after the season to become a free agent? Yes. So if he's selling his home and his trainer's selling his home and he's voiding his contract, what does that tell you? He's setting it up and we'll see to move on. Now listen, there are many times people set up things in their life to move on 
and they walk to the abyss and they look down and they say, whoa, I'm not jumping now. So he could change his mind. But I'm just telling you, if you look at it in his mind, it has to be clear. He makes a compelling case. I mean, that's not enough for me to get on the bandwagon that Tom Brady is leaving and going somewhere else. Yeah, not at all. But he does make a compelling case. Well, he makes the case as if like, oh yeah, it just only makes sense, yada, yada, yada. However, there's this thing in sports called like loyalty. Like it's it's the thing, not loyalty, that's not the right. We don't have that anymore. Yeah, that's not the right word. But it's just this thing that some people do. Like back in the day when Michael Jordan came back and the Bulls, figured he was so valuable, despite not being the same player he was, that they gave him the biggest contract in NBA history. It still is to this day, if you take into account inflation and everything like that. And it's by a wide margin, like four times. It was like a year and like $121 million of today's dollars. It was insane. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be that same sort of thing for Tom Brady, where no matter what, he's just going to seem so valuable, so un anywhere else but Boston that he has to stay there you know it's just something for us gas bags to be able to make content out of to make a story where there may not be one however Tom Brady did comment on it yesterday on his weekly radio show on WEI in Boston this audio I'm going to play for his courtesy of Golick and Wingo on here from 6 to 10 I was expecting Tom to come out and just kind of dispel it you saw him do that with the Robert Kraft did you see that that Tom Brady was a guest star. He did a cameo in a Netflix series coming out of the massage parlor. People were like, is this a shot at Robert Kraft? And he dispelled that pretty quickly. I was expecting him to do the same thing on his radio show. He didn't exactly do that. Take a listen. Yeah, yeah no, I think that's the great part for me is um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's been a unique situation that you know I've been in because I think when you commit to a team um, you know, for a certain amount of years, you kind of feel like the responsibilities to always fulfill the contract. And, um, you know, for me, I'm just, it's been good because I'm just taking it day by day and I'm enjoying what I have and I don't know what the future holds. And the great part is, you know, for me, football at this point is all borrowed time. I, mean, I never expected to play 20 years and I'm playing on a great team and, you know, it's just been a incredible 20 years of my life. And to play for Mr. Kraft and Jonathan, the Kraft family, and for Coach Belichick, and to have so much success, a dream come true. So, I don't, you know, one day I'll wake up and I feel like, okay, that, that'll be enough. And when that day comes, that day comes. And I don't know what it will be after this year. You know, I don't know what it will be five years from now. But I don't have to determine those things right now either. So, um, that's, that's kind of a good part where I'm at. So I think just take advantage of the opportunity that I had this year and do the very best I could do. And then, you know, those decisions come at, you know, probably more appropriate times. He didn't exactly dispel anything. He left the door open that that could be a possibility, him leaving Boston. Well, I think that, uh, okay, I think that as an athlete, you need to keep any sort of possibility open, right? Mm. Like, even when Kevin Durant was on was on the free agent market this past offseason, he kept everything open. He, he, never really lean, he never really showed which way he was leaning. Everybody thought he was going to the Knicks. Guess what? Didn't happen. Yep. Everybody, thought he was, everybody thought he was staying with the Warriors. Guess what? Didn't happen. I want to go on the record. I didn't think either of those things. Okay. All right, fair. <laughs> Did you think he was going to the Celtics or something? No, I didn't think he was going to the Nets. I didn't know where I thought he was going. I just know I never thought he would go to the Knicks. Right, but there were so many things like open out there. There were right. so many possibilities that it could have been. Mm-hmm. And I think that Tom Brady feels the same sort of way. He doesn't want to dispel anything. He doesn't want to start any rumors. He doesn't want to start anything. Because if he came out here and said, no, I'm, I'm staying in New England, yada, yada, I'm staying here forever, something like that, that just seems overprotective. I don't know. I think that'd be putting the kibosh on it, showing that you're committed to Boston going forward. Well, even even still, I think that keeping the door open is smart on his part, and I think the entire New England organization knows that they need to keep the door open as well. The entire New England organization may be the best organization, well, most well-run organization in professional sports in America, right? Mm-hmm. Right? I yeah. would say so. Yeah. So they need they understand that, yes, Tom's great, but we need to keep the door open in case something better comes along. The 49ers did that back Are when they... Are you going to get Baird and Tom Brady, though? Well, I mean, if Tom Brady's 65 and... <laughs> <laughs> he still might be an yeah, NFL he, he, he might be, yeah. But I'm saying that eventually it's going to come to a day where he's you are going to get better than Tom Brady. 
I have got one team in mind that I believe would be a good fit for Tom Brady if he decides to leave New England. Again, this is all speculation. Adam Schefter wasn't reporting anything. He was just speculating, and that's what we're doing here. And I'm going to give you that team here in a moment, but let's think about why Tom Brady might make this move because he's got everything you could ever want. He's got the best-run organization, as you mentioned, the greatest head coach ever. He's got excellent teammates. He's going to contend for a championship every year. Why would he give that up? Could it be for validation? Could it be for similar reasons as Kevin Durant that he hears what's going on? He reads social media. He sees the cis Tom Brady tweets that he wins because of Belichick, not the other way around, and he needs to go out and prove himself somewhere else. He needs validation. Could that be a reason why? That's one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if we asked that question like five years ago, nobody would have said anything. But now that we've sort of seen the team without Tom Brady, we've seen the team without all these uh, without all these players and whatnot, we've seen New England succeed in every circumstance whatsoever. It's become more of a thing the longer he plays where it's like how much of it was Bill Belichick, mm-hmm. right? So maybe, I mean, do you think if he went anywhere else he could succeed? He would succeed. I mean, he is not a bad quarterback. He's not talentless, and that's not what I'm, you know, I'm not trying to get onto the subject that Tom Brady's a system quarterback. That being said, I don't believe, talent-wise, he is the most talented quarterback in the NFL or in NFL history. If you gave me my choice as far as who's more talented, I would say Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Pat oh, Mahomes, well, before if we're talking Tom about Brady. If we're talking about talent, yeah, there were, a lot, I mean. there were a lot of players that were more talented. I mean, like, I think Tom Brady is more talented than Peyton Manning, but Peyton Manning's ability to read the field, Peyton Manning's ability to see what's happening at the line and adjust out of it, that's what made him elite. He was never faster, stronger, or had a better arm than anybody. But the fact that he was able to do all of that in an instant, he was so smart. And I think that that's what Tom Brady's element is as well, is he's smart. He can do things, right? And being tutelaged by Belichick definitely helps that. Could he do this somewhere else? If you're asking, could he do this, dominate the league, contend for a championship every year? No, I don't think he could do that anywhere else. I think you do need Belichick to do that. But at the same point, Belichick, needs talented players and he gets that with Tom Brady if I had to make a choice I do think that Tom needs Belichick more than Belichick needs Tom to win that being said I do think Tom Brady could be a good NFL quarterback somewhere else what okay well what system what system's most like Belichick's then I don't know if there is one I really don't I don't think there is a system like Belichick but I do know a few organizations that might be good fits for Tom Brady if he were to leave New England I've got some potential landing spots. The obvious one being San Francisco. It's where he grew up, mm-hmm. that area, the San Mateo area. It's his hometown team. Why not go end his NFL career there? A few reasons. Okay, the Niners are undefeated. They're for real, not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. That being said, if the Niners go like 13-3 and this year, they go to the NFC Championship, how would you move on from Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback? You can't. Well, That's Jimmy, what I mean. Well, also, Jimmy's huge contract just dispels any chance of them moving on, at least for the immediate future. But if they if they decide to buy him out after this year, it's only a $4 million dead cap hit, which they could do. And if they had the chance to get Tom Brady, I think they would do it, coupled with the fact that you've got a really nice young prospect in Nick Mullins, a guy who nobody was high on in the draft. Same with Tom Brady. If you give him a few years of Tom Brady mentoring him, it'd be fun to see what he could develop into. So you really think it's going to be him mentoring Nick Mullins? I think it very well could be. I think that would be smart of the 49ers to do. Yeah. Plus, you're working with Kyle Shanahan, so you have another genius as your head coach. Yeah. I think San Fran would be a very smart destination for Brady. But again, if the Niners have a great year... How do you move on from Jimmy G? I don't know that they do. So that makes me think maybe it won't be San Francisco. Well, you can't. And like I said, it's the contract. Like, who was the uh, Canadian Football League MVP last year? Last year? Yeah. I don't know. There was a whole story about the CFL MVP uh, potentially going to the Minnesota Vikings. And he was all for it. He was ready to do it, yada, yada, yada. But the thing that stopped him from doing so was that uh, the organization said, oh, uh, we don't want you to take Kirk Cousins' job. We just want you to, like, show him what you see, discuss mm-hmm. what you see, and stuff like that. And he was like, so you're going to pay me to basically be a mentor 
but I'm on the bench. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yes, because with how much Kirk Cousins was making, they couldn't afford to put him on the bench or have him lose his job. So that's what's ruining it. And it's the same situation with these quarterbacks that are earning mega deals now, like Jimmy Garoppolo. But Nick Mullins isn't going to replace Tom Brady until Brady retires. Well, he's not going to replace anybody until Jimmy Garoppolo's contract's up. (laughs) Despite that, if they wanted to take the dead cap hit on Jimmy G and buy him out, they could do it. But if they have a great year... They're going to attribute that to Jimmy G's play, even though they probably shouldn't, and I think that's why they're going to stick with him and why Tom Brady likely won't be a 49er next year anytime soon. The other places I think he could be a good fit, there's one I have as a favorite. This one's honorable mention, the L.A. Rams. But they're in a similar situation with San Francisco because how do you move on from a quarterback you went to the Super Bowl with? Not took you to a Super Bowl, but you went to a Super Bowl with. scored three points in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, teams can do it. Look what happened to Trent Dilfer with the Ravens. They can. Look what happened to Nick Foles with the Eagles. It's rare. But I tell you what, Tom Brady in L.A., I I think he could fit in with a lot of those California teams. Maybe even the Chargers. Maybe. Because Phillip Rivers, I think, is coming to the end of his rope. I think Tom Brady's even going to outlast him. Mm -hmm. But Tom Brady instead of Jared Goff for the Rams, it's a strong possibility. I think. I think it's something that's very possible if they choose to move on from Jared Goff. Now they have to buy out the contract, take a cap hit, but they've shown that they're in win-now mode. (laughs) <laughs> They've clearly yeah. shown they're in win-now mode, and I think that's something they'd be willing to do. Yeah. Well, the, any, any team that's in a win-now mode would be willing to take that next extra step, right? Mm-hmm. You would think, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, as long as you're in that situation, I don't see why it wouldn't be a possibility. Here is the team that I believe would be the best fit for Tom Brady. If he were to leave New England, I believe Tom Brady would be a good fit with the Chicago Bears. I think he would go over to Chicago, and he would fit in really well there. You think about the management style there. They're managed just like the Crafts would manage the Patriots. With the Hallis family, they do a great job with that organization. Plus, Mitch Trubisky, they would have no problem getting him out of his contract, getting him out of there. Did you see last night at the United Center, the Blackhawks were hosting Vegas, and between periods, they were interviewing a little kid. They were talking to him about his favorite players on the Jumbotron, what have you. And then they asked him what he was going to be for Halloween. And he said, Mitch Trubisky. And everyone started booing this little kid that was being interviewed in the Jumbotron between I'd boo periods. I'd too. <laughs> why, 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 I'd boo him too. Why, 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 why Trubisky? That's an awful choice. Be Cleo Mack. <laughs> what kid wakes up and thinks, I want to be Mitch Trubisky for Halloween? N- Carl Malone was a great NBA player. <laughs> Nobody wants to be him. Nobody wants to be him because he's bad. Mm. But he's not bad enough to where he's a meme like Johnny Manziel or... Mark Sanchez. Mark Sanchez, yeah. So it's not even like funny at that point. It's, it's just, no, why would, you, why would you choose that? I mean, there's no stereotype it's like, like that against Chicago sports, but they boo a little kid for talking about his Halloween hey, costume. It's all it's about, so bad. It's all about the Bears, man. All about the Bears in Chicago. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Cubs just made their managerial hire today. Did you see that? Yes, David I did. Ross. I love it. I do too. Absolutely. Because it, it became clear they weren't going to get Girardi. He was the favorite at first, and then he started, you know, putting his name in the hat elsewhere for the Mets, for the Phillies job. My only problem is I don't know if um David Ross is like too much of a of a bro still, too much of a player with that team. Oh, I think he carried a lot of respect while he was with Well, there. yeah, he carried a lot of respect, but how much respect does he or how much does he still have that gut? Cuz he's still one of them, I feel like. Does he have that gut that what it takes to Cut somebody, trade somebody, like let somebody know they're not they're they've lost their starting spot anymore. And I don't know if he has that yet. I don't think Theo will care about David Ross's opinion if, if that happens. <laughs> I mean, Theo I makes that move. I tell you what, though, backup catchers end up being really good managers. Have you Bruce Bochy. Bruce Bochy. All they do is they just hang around the clubhouse for most of the season, like two thirds of the season, and they just learn what the manager's doing. You remember Chris Jimenez? I think he was on that Cubs team as well. I think he'll be a great manager someday. Played for the Twins briefly. That's how I remember him. Mm, but okay. I think he did win a World Series with the Cubs that year. I know he played for the Cubs briefly. It might have been the World Series team. You know who I think is going to make a really good manager? Who's that? Miguel Montero. Really? Yeah. Okay. I think he'd make a good. I think he'd make a good manager. All right. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. I think Eric Burns would have been a good one too if he didn't get into broadcasting. Eric Burns. Okay. Can I throw one name up against the wall to see if it'll stick for a managerial job nobody's talking about? Mm-hmm. Mike Matheny to the Royals. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's a Missouri guy through and through. His son played his college ball down there in Springfield. 
He wouldn't have to leave the state. He's got ties there. Matheny yep. to the Royals. How about it? Former Giant, too. Former I'll, Giant, so yeah. Anybody who was once a Giant, <laughs> I do not mind uh, earning a spot in the baseball world. So, yeah. I like Matheny. I like him as a manager. Obviously, like he wasn't able to take St. Louis to the next step like they were hoping. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, putting him in a bad situation with Kansas City. But hopefully, Maybe. Ho- hopefully it's coming up. Dan Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, who is the greatest NFL quarterback drafted this decade? Next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Here's your Sports Center update. The South Carolina football program has been placed on a one-year probation period following a recruiting violation that occurred in 2018. The probation does not include any postseason restrictions. So basically, it's nothing. <laughs> okay. The Toronto Raptors announced that President Masai Ujiri will not face charges after shoving an Alameda County Sheriff's deputy after Game 6 of the NBA Finals. And finally, a high school football team in Missouri has canceled its season and the entire coaching staff resigned. Their star running back was suspended in the state title game last year. And per Missouri rules, that means that you have to sit out the next game. Well, you know, it was a state championship last year, so that meant the first game of this year. Instead, he took the field wearing a different jersey number and going under a pseudonym, Marvin Burks. And people started becoming suspicious when they noticed that Bill Jackson, the running back, and Marvin Burks, his alter ego, had the same tattoos. It was finally reported. The coaches tried to cover it up by saying, we thought that if we played him in the scrimmage, the preseason scrimmage the week before, that would serve the suspension and eventually they just owned up to it, and they all resigned. Marvin Burks! Can you not think of a more believable name? That's, I, I, mean, I mean, what are you going to do? Like, what Larry, high school kid do Larry you know Johnson? Marvin Burke. No one names their kid Larry anymore. Okay. Terry? <laughs> Ter- Terry Johnson? Maybe. That would like, have been a little more believable. I mean, like, how, uh, no, no. I feel like the, the most unbelievable names are the super basic ones. The Johnsons, the Smiths. Sorry, Tyree. <laughs> um... <laughs> The uh, the Millers and stuff like that. Like you got to go a little out of the box to make it less suspect. I feel. Did like. Did you see that Mitt Romney had a burner account this week? He named no. it Pierre Delecto. That's just asking to get caught. Th- okay, that's a little too Pierre out of the box. Pierre Delecto. There's a fine line you got to walk, right? Don't go with a don't go as I said with a Smith, a Miller, a Brown, but a uh, a White maybe. White. Something like, like that? Like, yeah, a Ryan White or something like that? That, seemed, that sounds pretty believable. If I didn't know who he was and I just saw the name Gardner Minshew, I'd totally think that was fake. I really? Would, I would. I think that sounds like a total fake name. But Marvin See, that's Burks the, that's, and Pierre Delecto. That's the thing. Would you ever think the Brickishaw Ferguson was 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 real? That's kind of cool. I've always liked that name, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of really good names and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. How far... I get Tanner Hoops as being a fake name all the time. Yeah. Like, nobody believes that was my given birth name. Yeah. Nobody believes it. Well, <laughs> I, can't say the same, I, I, can't, I, I can't say the same thing for Hoefling. <laughs> Hoefling is pretty believable. Did you watch Drake and Josh growing up? Oh, Jefferson Steelflex? Jefferson Steelflex and Alvin Yakatori. Alvin Yakatori, I could believe. Jefferson. Could, no. <laughs> <laughs> How? Why would you believe that? That's believable. If Jeff- someone showed you an ID with the name Alvin Yakatori, you wouldn't think that it's fake? Well, I would because I've seen Drake and Josh, but <laughs> I wouldn't because, like, I've, I've seen weirder names than that. Like, I mean. It's like Marvin Burks and Pierre Delecto. It's like they got those names from the same guy who made Drake's fake IDs in that episode of Drake and Josh. Well, Drake asked for those names. He did. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like Jefferson Steelflex, that uh, that makes sense. Jefferson Steelflex. That makes sense. You like, yeah, that's that's not real. But Alvin Yakatori, that's I think that's totally believable. I I don't know about that. I don't know if I would believe someone if they told me their I mean, name. I apparently I'd make apparently I'd make a really bad bouncer. <laughs> you would be a bad <laughs> bouncer. Someone gets in named Alvin Yakator or Marvin Burks. I wouldn't let in McLovin. McLovin. I oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the guy from Iowa last week. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't let in McLovin. So he actually did kind of look like McLovin. Yeah, that was the scary part. <laughs> now I kind of want to watch Super Bad. Everybody wants to watch Super Bowl. I might do that tonight, except the Penguins are playing and the Celtics are playing, so 
my it's viewing. A big, it's a big day I, for you. you know, my viewing night is already this, pretty much. This set. is the best time of year, right? Any, right? All four sports are going. Mm-hmm. I love Gosh, it. it. Feels good. The World Series started last night. And the NBA started last night. We haven't even touched on it yet, and we're not yeah. going to yet because I have something else that I wanted to get to you. Who is the greatest quarterback drafted this decade from 2010 to 2019? I've got a list in front of me, Michael. I'm going to give you the list of all quarterbacks drafted this decade. You tell me who stands out because if you're like me, there's one who stands out above the rest, but here's when, a list. When you told me we were going to talk about this, there's one I had in mind. So I bet it's the yeah. same one, yeah, we'll but see. we'll find out. From 2019, Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, Will Greer, Ryan Finley, Jared Stidham, Easton Stick, Clayton Thorson, Gardner Minshew, and Trace McSorley. Now, everybody other than Gardner Minshew, I don't think has had enough time to prove they're the greatest yet. Yet. All right. <laughs> Last year, Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Lamar Jackson, Mason Rudolph, Kyle Laletta, Mike White, Luke Falk, Tanner Lee, Danny Etling, Alex McGough, and Logan Woodside. From two years ago, Mitch Trubisky, Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser, Davis Webb, C.J. Beathard, Josh Dobbs, Nathan Peterman, Brad Kaya, and Chad Kelly. Remember Brad Kaya was supposed to light the league on fire? No, but I remember Chad Kelly was not (laughs) supposed to do anything. C.J. Beathard, whatever happened to him? Oh, uh, he was on the Niners, so I do not forget about him. (laughs) He's an Iowa guy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. C.J. Beathard. Pat Mahomes was on that list, I tell you what. He's the first guy that you can consider, I feel like. Right, right, he's the first. Maybe you can consider Deshaun Watson, too, but but compared to Patrick Mahomes, I think it's Right now, those are the top two. Yeah. Let's see, from 2015, the quarterback, excuse me, from 2016, the quarterback draft class, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch, Christian Hackenberg, Jacoby Brissett, Cody Kessler, Connor Cook, Dak Prescott, Cardell Jones, Kevin Hogan, Nate Sudfeld, Jake Brudock, Brandon Allen, Jeff Driscoll, and Brandon Doughty. So you can just throw out that entire class. <laughs> even Dak and Wentz? Yeah, even Dak and Wentz. Right. Wentz hasn't played enough. Uh, Dak just hasn't shown enough. Sure you want to throw out Paxton Lynch? <laughs> <laughs> no, let's keep him in Jared there. Goff was just in the Super Bowl. Stop. Connor it's, it's, Cook, franchise quarterback of the Houston Roughnecks. Franchise quarterback. Didn't he start a playoff game? Connor <laughs> Cook, Connor Cook when, started a playoff when Derek game. Carr was yeah, hurt. when Derek Carr was hurt. No, that was Matt McGloin. Was that Matt McGloin or Connor Cook? I don't remember. Matt McGloin's coming up on this list, too. 2015, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Garrett Grayson, Sean Mannion, Bryce Petty, Brett Hundley, and Trevor Simeon. That was a bad quarterback class. Famous Jameis, man. <laughs> Can we go through that one more time because it's short? This was a really bad quarterback class. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Garrett Grayson, Sean Mannion, Bryce Petty, Brett Hundley, and Trevor Simeon. I really wanted Marcus Mariota to be good, too. Yep. It was the first guy. It was like a quarterback from the Pac-12. I was like, this is the guy. <laughs> this is it. And maybe Awful. he could have been if they actually built around him, if they actually gave him a line so he could stay healthy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he could have been. Maybe. 2014, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, Logan Thomas, Tom Savage, Aaron Murray, A.J. McCarron, Zach Mettenberger, David Fales, Keith Wenning, Taj Boyd, and Garrett Gilbert. David Fales has outlasted Aaron Murray, A.J. McCarron, Zach Mettenberger, and Johnny Manziel. That's a good agent right there. How about that? That's pretty good. 2013, E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, Ryan Nassib, Tyler Wilson, Landry Jones, Brad Sorensen, Zach Dysart, B.J. Daniels, and Sean Renfrey. That one takes the cake. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's the best class. That's the best class? The best class that's highlighted by E.J. Manuel. Yeah, the man. The man. 2012, Andrew Luck, Robert Griffin III, Ryan Tannehill, Brandon Whedon, Brock Osweiler, Russell Wilson, Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Lindley, B.J. Coleman, and Chandler Harnish. So this is the class. That might be the best class. This is the one that stood out to me. Because Andrew Luck probably should have still been in the league. Ryan Tannehill's still starting. Russell Wilson is still starting. Nick Foles will probably still start when he comes back. And Kirk Cousins is still starting. Yep. You want me to tell you the one that stood out to me? Is it Russell Wilson? It's, it's Same Russell for me. Wilson, yeah. I mean, for me, I, we haven't even looked at the 2010-11 classes yet, but there's nobody on this list that's done more than Russell Wilson, and he's still doing it. He might win the MVP yeah, this year. I think that this class really shows because I still think that Andrew. you could say Andrew Luck you could. and be taken seriously. You, exactly. You could, but I still don't think that oh, his resume de- matches de- up de- against Definitely Russ. not. The, Russ was more, uh, he was on the field more often. He was more consistent, won a Super Bowl. Should have won two. Should have won two if they ran the ball. So, yeah. 
I mean, Andrew, Andrew Luck was great, but he didn't have the longevity, didn't have the consistency that Russell Wilson has. Just for funsies, let's go through the 2011 class. Cam Newton, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Mallett, Ricky Stanzi, TJ Yates, Nathan Enderley, Tyrod Taylor, and Greg McElroy. And then in 2010, Sam Bradford, Tim Tebow, Jimmy Clausen, Colt McCoy, Mike Kafka, John Skelton, Jonathan Crompton, Rusty Smith, Dan LaFever, Joe Webb, Tony Pike, Levi Brown, Sean Canfield, and Zach Robinson. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow. Yep. What a playoff game. Yep, that's true. More than most of those. Cause, well, Ryan Nassib made it to the playoffs, right? I, I I honestly don't remember. I think he was, Maybe in the he was a backup a few times when he was Eli Manning's backup. He made the playoffs. I think no. I think he was as a Houston Texan. Maybe he was Peyton's backup too. I think a few years. He's been to the playoffs. I know he's been to the playoffs as a backup for both Manning brothers. Oh, that's that's a good career, that's a good career path. <laughs> that's a good stat. Brock Osweiler was on this list. No quarterback's ever been more successful by doing less than him. Yeah, that's something in its own right, right? <laughs> Brock Osweiler's still on that list. Uh, who else is on here? There are a few guys whose names jump out at you. I mean, Andy Dalton's still in the league. But. <laughs> no, but he's. But. Where would Andy Dalton rank on this list? Like, would he be top 10 in quarterbacks drafted this decade? Oh, absolutely. I think would that Jameis so? Winston and Marcus Mariota are also both on the really? list. Really? Yeah. How about. Well, and you go back to Tebow. The, he's playing two sports. Well, two sport athletes. Just the fact that they're still starting in the league, I think, shows that they deserve to be on that list. If you're, if we're, if we're going top ten, if you're a two sport athlete, if you've been drafted in two professional leagues, are you automatically in the top ten? Well, then Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Was the same way. Johnny Manziel. Colin Kaepernick. Tyler Murray. Then. Colin, Colin Ka- Kaepernick. Yeah. Does that automatically make you a top 10 quarterback for the decade if you've been drafted in two sports? Does it? I mean, I don't know. Ever since Deion Sanders, nobody's really lived up to it, right? No. Kyler, oh, well, you mentioned Kyler Murray already. I'm hoping that Tebow does, though. I'm hoping Tebow makes the majors. Wouldn't that Did, be great? He made the minor league all-star game this mm-hmm. past year, right? Yeah, I think he made it as high as AAA in the Mets organization. So it'll probably take, like, what, maybe one or two more years? At least. If the, if the Mets start struggling, he's an outfielder, right? Right. They have a lot of outfield depth right now, mm-hmm. so. Jeff McNeil. <laughs> Jeff McNeil. I mean, they don't have Jay Bruce anymore, but they still have Conforto, who I really like. Yep. Johannes Cespedes is still on that team, too, if he can stay healthy. but The greatest quarterback that was drafted this decade was Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I don't know if it's too early to say Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck. Those are the next three. If you okay. don't think those are the next three, you're taking crazy pills. <laughs> right? I mean, I would I, agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. So it's just a matter of what order you want to put them in. I would say Russ, Pat Mahomes, then Deshaun Watson, you and put then Luck Andrew at Luck. four. I would put Luck at four. I'd put Luck above Deshaun Watson. Would you? Yeah. He did beat him in the playoffs last year. I don't know. Deshaun's also gotten hurt in his career. That's true. Like, Pat Mahomes won an MVP, which is more than anybody else can say in, on, on this list, right? right? Which means that's why I think I should put him at two. But Andrew Luck went 11-5, and 11-5, 11-5, 11-5, 11-5. Mm. He wins when he's on the field. I mean, so does, Deshaun, so does Deshaun Watson, but, like, Deshaun Watson, hasn't, uh, he's been hurt, and he hasn't been out there long enough to really show that winning is what he does yet. So far, he's done it, but that's not what defines him yet. Fair enough. So, if Watson and wins then, the MVP this year, does he surpass Luck? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. all right. So, we can um, say Russ at one, Pat Mahomes, then Luck, then Watson, then Garner Minshew. Where would you put Cam Newton? Where would you put Cam Newton? <laughs> I don't know if he's top five anymore, to be honest with you. Who would you put in, in that fifth spot? And be, be serious, Doug. Do not say Don't say Minshew. Who would I put in that fifth spot? Because if you would have asked me coming into this year, I probably would have said Cam Newton. But I think he's kind of playing his way out of it, to be honest yeah. with you. He no. is an MVP, and he's been to the Super Bowl, yet he's not starting above Kyle Allen, even though he's healthy again. It's tough. Who would you put in that five spot? Who would you put in that five spot? Probably Cam Newton. He's won, he's won an MVP, been to a Super Bowl. Like, I know. As much as I, as much as I think he's overhyped and whatnot, the fact is that early in his career, he was legitimately great. So I, I think that he's overhyped now, but the, what, from what he was able to do earlier in his career, I think he deserves to be in that spot. Can I say Nick Foles goes in the five spot? Mm. Won a Super Bowl, won Super mm. Bowl MVP. He's still Se- making a career as a he's starter. He's thrown seven touchdowns in seven touchdowns in the game. Well, he's making his career as a starter. So you think Gardner Minshew is going to lose that job? I don't know. I think that they've invested so much money into Foles, and Minshew's cheap 
they may try to move because I do think Minshew can play somewhere in the NFL. I mean, he's serviceable, is he not? No, he is. Yeah. He is. He looks good, but I think that he's best served as a backup right now until he shows that he can lead a team legitimately. I do think they've invested so much money into Foles, $88 million. They're going to start him. They're not going to pay him that just to sit him. So I do think when Foles comes back, he will be the starter for Jacksonville. Yeah. I tell you what, let's take our last time out. The World Series started last night, so did the NBA, and we're finally going to talk about it next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of today's show, get caught up on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple App Store or Google Play or look up ESPNUP.com for the on-demand. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Glad you're along this Wednesday afternoon. Tell you what, Garrett Cole may be human after all. They got an early lead, and it was, what? What, what was that signal? I'm just snapping somebody real quick. You're doing a Snapchat in the middle of our show? <laughs> Are you serious, John Michael Hoefling hey, of ABC10? Uh, okay, well, why'd you have to throw in the job title there just to, just to call me out even more? I mean, no, I know what we're talking about, right? And we've sort of talked about it already, and it's just as much as the Nationals... I want the Nationals to win. It fits my Bryce Harper narrative so well. Um, <laughs> but you and I both know that the Astros are far more talented, and even with this game one win, I don't think it was a good win mm-hmm. because they used Patrick Corbin. Yeah, they used their number three starter. It sh- it just goes to show how little faith the Washington Nationals have in their bullpen. I just want Fernando Rodney to pitch at some point. He oh yeah, he better. He better. He better. Some point. Yeah, not in a close game, but at some point. Yeah. <laughs> if I tell you what, uh, they you're right. They didn't look good last night. But they still get the job done. Here's the thing. They could win tonight, and I'm talking about the Nationals. They could win tonight, take a 2 nothing series lead, and go back to D.C. And I still think the Astros can win this series. Tonight is not a must-win for Houston. They could go up 3-0, and I still think the Astros could win this series. Right, because of the team's bullpen situation. Washington needs their starters to go about 6-7 innings every night. They need those guys to be mistake-free because Houston's bullpen is far better they yeah. have more depth. They even have better depth with their starting pitchers. Yeah. They have absolutely everything. There is not a single spot in the lineup, bullpen, and starting staff. Maybe manager. That's the only spot I can think where Washington might have the advantage. Maybe. But every single other spot, the Astros are the better team. And it just goes to show that they're, that they're deeper in starting pitching. So what does Washington need to do? They can't use their starters. They used two starters, and Max Scherzer only went five innings and still managed to throw over 110 pitches. That's not a good sign for the yeah, rest of the series. They can't do that. They can't escape by doing that, and they can't expect to keep winning with that formula. They can't, yeah. They need Steven Strasburg to go at least eight. At you le- think? At least eight this game, yes. I'd say at least seven. You can get him into the seventh. I think that's probably... into the No, he needs to finish the seventh. Really? Yeah, he needs Ooh. to finish the seventh. It's a tall order. It is a tall order really against Astros a very lineup. daunting Astros lineup. But you just used Patrick Corbin. <laughs> you're going to be trotting Anibal Sanchez out there for game three. Then you're going back to Max Scherzer. Then maybe you can go to Patrick Corbin or Steven Strasburg again after that. But still, if you keep using your best pitchers, which are always your starters because you're the Washington Nationals, except maybe Sean Doolittle and maybe Daniel Hudson, mm-hmm. that's it. Those are the only two guys that I really trust in that Washington bullpen. But if you keep throwing out those other guys because you can't afford to because you need to win, you're not going to win. You need to play the long con here. I do think Houston wins tonight, and they even up the series. But even if they don't win, they still have a very good shot at coming back and winning this mm-hmm. series. They're I, not out of it. By bef- before the series, I picked Astros in five. I still have Astros in five. Really? I think I think they're going to win four straight. All right. All right. What, did you, have, what did you have before the series? I didn't make a pick. Okay. I just thought Houston would win. I picked them to beat the Dodgers. I'm still picking them to beat the, uh, to beat the Nationals. Mm-hmm. I didn't make a pick how many games. I still think Houston's going to win it. I do think they bounce back tonight because, like, Springer, I mean, he had a home run last night. He was still frustrated with himself. Bregman was really frustrated with himself. I think they're going to bounce back tonight. Speaking of the Astros, you said Altuve was the best ever number 27 in professional sports. I put a poll out asking, is Jose Altuve the greatest professional athlete to ever wear number 27? As just to gauge reaction. Just to see what some people think, because there's quite a few people who voted yes. The poll actually ended up being about 50-50. And you think about it, Mike Trout, where's number 27? Mike Tr- there are a bunch of really good 27s out there. Eddie George. 
How about Scott Niedermeyer? Scott <laughs> Rowland. Yeah, there have been a bunch of really good 27s, and yeah, Tuve's won the World Series and an MVP, but I, I cannot put him above Trout. <laughs> he's one of those guys, Trout doesn't have the rings, but he's got the talent. Yeah. He's got the talent. He's going to be the best ever. If he doesn't win the World Series, he will be the best ever player in professional sports to never win a, a championship. Probably more so than Dan Marino. Does Dan Marino have Absolutely. the crown right now? Absolutely. Does he, he has the crown right now, though, is what I'm asking. He has the crown right now, yeah, but like, think about it. Dan Marino's name never comes up when you consider the greatest base, the, the greatest football players of all time. He didn't have a championship. Yeah, never comes up. Never. People right now are saying that Mike Trout is the greatest baseball player ever, mm-hmm. and he's not even halfway through his career. Well, and baseball is one of those games where you can't gauge if somebody deserves to be the greatest ever by championships because it's a lot different than winning a football or basketball title. Yeah, you, I, mean, I think the only player on a baseball field that can single-handedly win a game is the pitcher. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking the greatest of all time for non-pitchers, that's just way up in the air. And you can't, you can't determine that with championships. I mean, Yogi Berra is not considered even remotely close to the greatest of all time. He's considered mm-hmm. one of the greats, right. but not one of the greatest of all time. Willie Mays only had only won one championship. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, let me, let me throw a hypothetical at you. What we know about Alex Ovechkin, the way he is right now, had he never won a cup, would he knock off Dan Marino as a greatest athlete to never win a championship? Would you pick Ovi or Marino? And I agree, Mike Trout trumps them both. Mm-hmm. But who would that title go to? That's a tough choice. Uh, that, 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 is, that is a weird one. Uh, just Well, because Marino... Hmm. If I asked you this question two years ago, Marino or Ovechkin, greatest athlete that hasn't won a championship, who would you say? Because I don't know who I would say. I don't know. I've fallen off the table in terms of, like, my following of hockey. It used to be my favorite sport, and I, I still follow it, like, but not religiously. Like the I, Sharks are struggling? Not, not as much, <laughs> but I don't follow it, like, as religiously as I used to. And, yeah. But, so I don't know what the talking points are at the table about the NHL right now or where they're putting Sid the Kid and Alex Ovechkin in terms of the greatest of all time. But the fact is that I think hockey, it becomes a lot more difficult to consider somebody as even, to even put the word greatest Mm -hmm. next to somebody's name in hockey just feels weird if it's not Wayne Gretzky. Mm -hmm. So I still think it'd have to go to Dan Marino just because if you're playing hockey, you have so, like to be considered even anything, you have so much to live up to. Mm-hmm. Like with Yammer Yager and Wayne Gretzky, just those two. They take the cake in so many categories, so many situations, that to be able to be in a conversation with those guys is just too tall in order. Did you see Yarmir Yager, that picture of him surfing the other day? I hope I look that good when I'm 47. Yarmir Yager looks I hope, really good. I hope good. I look that good at any point in my life. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever look good at any point in my life, as good as Yarmir Yager looks at age 47. Dude just doesn't age. Yeah, he doesn't, man. Something about him. People need to look into him for immortality. (laughs) I tell you what. Back to baseball. Juan Soto can't pop a bottle of champagne to celebrate, but he can pop the ball 460 feet over the fence. Juan Soto became just the third player ever last night at age 20 to back cleanup in a World Series game, joining Ty Cobb and Miguel Cabrera. It's pretty good company. Yeah. He's so much fun to watch. He really he is. is, man. He is, man. And what is it with the Washington Nationals and power hitting outfielders below twenty? Because um, <laughs> it was the same thing with Bryce Harper back in the day when they won the division title. Is he couldn't he couldn't pop champagne? They gave him apple cider. Uh, so I think th- didn't they do the same thing? They did. They, yeah, they gave him sparkling cider. Yeah. Him and Rendon and all the other guys that aren't old enough to get into a nightclub, but they're old enough to help their team win a championship. Rendon's old enough to get into Is he? How old is Anthony Rendon? There's no way. I would bet my life. Siri, how old is Anthony Rendon? Anthony Rendon is 29 years old. Is he really? Yeah. I thought he was younger than that. How old do you think he was? I thought he was like 20, 21, something like that. Really? Yeah. I just thought he was kind of an old-looking young guy. No way, man. He looks older than 29. He's, been, though, in the, he, he's been in the league, like, how many years now? Seven years? Has it been that long? I want to say so. I'm not a National League guy. I follow the AL more. Really? But, I follow, Well, I'm a Giants fan, so Right, obviously. and that's what I mean, is you, you follow the National League more. But 
Anthony Rendon is 29 years old? My gosh. Yeah, this is his seventh year in the majors. Okay, so as well as Yarmir Yager ages, Anthony Rendon ages very poorly. <laughs> but he's still a heck of an athlete. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you think he wins MVP this year? He's got a shot. I think he's he wins, got a real I, shot. I think he wins MVP this year. I tell you what, let's go to basketball quick before we run out of time. We might go over a couple of minutes. That's okay. Um, the NBA season got going last night. The Raptors defended their title. In step one, step one of 82, they won in overtime against the Zionless Pelicans, 130-122. to Fred Van Vliet, career-high 34 points. Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam lead the NBA in scoring at 34 points a game. How about that? I mean, what else did you expect from the Kawhi-less Raptors? <laughs> I tell you what. The game that yeah, I tried to stay up, I didn't stay up for the end of it, but the Clippers did beat the Lakers 112-102. to we got our first look at LeBron and Anthony Davis together, and they combined for 43 points, just two in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's the biggest problem with this team right now, right? It's they still don't have that bona fide shooter, that bona fide score. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. LeBron's a scorer, but he ain't what he used to be, no. and he's never been a shooter. You need somebody that can be a threat from any point at some, uh, at some time, and I think that that's the biggest problem with the Milwaukee Bucks right now. It's because they're going to give it to Giannis, but guess what? Giannis <laughs> has to get inside to score. You need somebody like... Uh, that's why I think James Harden is still a little bit more valuable mm-hmm. than Giannis. Because if you're posting up, you need somebody to score. Ke- this is the that James Harden, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard sort of area. You can give them the ball and just watch them work. Mm-hmm. They can in any situation they can score. They can do it from any point. In the, uh, uh, they can do it from any point on the court. They can do it from any point. They can do it at any time. So that's why I think that's the, I think the Lakers' biggest trouble, and I think that that's why they're not going to go as far. You have them as the two seed. I do. I like the Clippers' top two more than I like the Lakers' top two. Well, I, I just agree. for the reasons you said. I agree with that too, but. I, I would actually drop the Lakers down even farther. Really? I have I have them as a uh, five seed. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know about that. They're just too talented. <laughs> Danny Green, I think, is second on the team if, in scoring. If talent was everything, the Nuggets would not have been the two seed last year. <laughs> but at some point, aren't you just too talented to fall below the top two spots in the West? At some point, but for that to happen, you need to have four All-Stars and a sixth-man-of-the-year candidate on your bench. I'm talking about the Warriors. Did you see last night... LeBron played defense for a couple minutes. We haven't seen wow. that in years. LeBron didn't Whoa, play a couple no minutes. No way. Defense. I must have missed that second that segment. <laughs> it didn't happen a lot. There wasn't yeah. a lot of it. But, I wouldn't expect it to. But he didn't play any for like a seven year stretch and he played a little bit last night. I know. How about that? He's found that spark. He he has a superstar. I tell you what, you were checking my Twitter last last night, my Twitter polls. I put up another one later. This one kind of tongue in cheek, just because I wanted content. Uh, is Anthony Davis already LeBron James' greatest teammate during his NBA career? So there were a couple you missed there, and I know you commented about it. But, I did, I did. Uh, the only options I put were Anthony Davis, Kyrie, or somebody else. And I should have put Dwayne Wade like seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. I was not going to put Kevin Love up there. I, I, that was the guy I was I was, was not say. going to put Kevin Love up there. <laughs> Maybe Ray Allen could have gone up there. Kevin Love's good. Like Kevin no. Love is an underrated player, man. He's a double double machine. No, he's not better than Kyrie or even Chris Bosh. Back when, back when Kevin Love was on the Timberwolves, he was better than everybody except Anthony Davis on that list. That was with the Timberwolves, though. Still, like you, you, people forget just how good Kevin Love was. I'm asking though, who is LeBron's greatest teammate that he ever played with? Because when he played with Kevin Love, that was a very different Kevin Love than the one we saw in Minnesota. Yeah, because Kevin Love had to take the brunt. He had to be the man in Minnesota, where when he went to Cleveland, he had to play second fiddle, and I think that that sort of destroyed him. But now that he's uh, now that he's older now, so it's, he's not as good, but now that he, LeBron's gone from Cleveland, Kevin Love's back there, and guess what? He's still putting up numbers. <laughs> it's not as good as like I'd hope. I mean, UCLA grad, my mom's a UCLA grad, so um, I, I like Kevin Love, but... I, I, people underrate him, man. So, are you saying that Anthony Davis, you're disagreeing with the top option of my poll, my unscientific poll, where 38% of the listening audience said Anthony Davis is already LeBron's greatest teammate that he's so, ever played with? I think, uh, no, I agree with that. Like like I said, uh, aside from everybody you, uh, everybody you named except Anthony Davis is worse than Kevin Love was on the Timberwolves. So, but I do think Anthony Davis is still the top dog. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I tell you what. Without Wait, also, you're forgetting Lonzo Ball. 
jeez. <laughs> how could I do that? Yeah, how could you forget him? How could I forget Lance Stevenson? Oh, yeah. Man, uh, JaVale McGee, Rajon Rondo. Anderson Verajow. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, Izauskis, is that how you say his name? No idea. J.R. Smith. Matt Delavadova. Yeah. How, could I How can you forget guys? all these guys, man? This needs to be like a thirty-person. Richard poll. Jefferson. Oh, there we go. Yep, you that's found the it. One. That's yep. the one. Tanner Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Hey, before we sign off, I got to make an announcement. This is a special week for ESPN UP because Golik and Wingo, who's on here from six to ten every weekday morning, they've started doing a survivor pool. So what they do is they reach out to random affiliates throughout the country. And they ask somebody from that station to come on air with them every Friday morning during the football season and give an NFL bold prediction. And this week, they've chosen us. They've chosen ESPN-UP to come on air with them Friday morning. And yours truly is going to give a bold NFL prediction on national air. Can we hear what it is now? No, because (sighs) I haven't decided what it is yet. Oh, okay. I'm still working on this, but uh, ESPN-UP... Is going to be on national air. We are going to represent Marquette in the UP around 9, 9.30 Friday morning. So tune in for that. That's going to be awesome, man. I'm Excited. happy for you. I appreciate that. It was nice of them to ask. Yeah. So we'll see what uh, what's a good hot take to come up with. They sent me a list of teams you can't use because if somebody's used it the previous week, you can't use it again. I don't know. I don't know which one I'm going to use. I could do the safe thing because the Patriots have not been used. I could do the really safe thing, but that looks like it's a weak sauce. You're going to say what? The Patriots won't win the Super Bowl? (laughs) No, it's uh, whoever they play that week. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. so you have to do it about a specific team and about the game coming up. Right, right. And I could do the the easy thing, the safe thing, and say the Patriots will win on Sunday, but that's weak sauce in front of a national That's not very bold. We don't do that. And by the way, they're playing the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, so. You could could do something like Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb will defeat. Is that that a Cleveland Browns thing, though, or is that a New England Patriots thing, though? I, I don't know. Do know. you think there's any chance that the Cleveland Browns win? No. Yeah, I don't think nope. so either. <laughs> I tell you what. That's it for us. What do you have going on at ABC 10, my man? Not much going on right now. We do have a Thursday throwdown coming up with Vincent DeMay. That's going to be happening <laughs> next week. We also have our story on Phil Ballou. That's not going to be until December because we are going in on it. It's going to be a very long feature, of maybe even 15 minutes. Mm. That big. It's going to be a good one, man. All right. And also, we got our final Friday night feature of the semester, man. Yeah? Yeah, it's going to be a good All one. Right. Westwood Nagani is going to be our featured game of the week. Hey, I'll be there. Yeah. That'll be a fun one. It will <laughs> be a very fun one. Dan Hoops, John Michael Hoefling with you. Thanks for listening to ESPN-UP WZAM. Ishpeming Marquette.